Hello and welcome to season three of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary. I can't believe we're still doing this. Oh my gosh, I'm Teej. And what what could possibly stop us, Mary? I don't know at this point. I honestly don't know. And I wonder sometimes. Season three, wow, it is really kicking it up a notch. Mary, we are cooking with grease this season. We are firing on all cylinders. Oh my God. And speaking of fire, I don't know about you, but I think there may be some explosive plot twists coming our way. (laughs) Did you say explosive? Yeah, are we this getting... place about to blow. Are we going to get sued? <laughs> Have the money. Please don't sue us. They can take all the royalties. We don't make any money. Because you know what? There's no real There's no real sponsors. But each week, we're going to have a couple fake ones. We sure will. And you're going to learn all about them coming up now on the Melrose Placecast. Hello and welcome to the Melrose Place cast. Today we're talking about season three, episode 25, All About Brooke. I'm Mary. And I'm Teej. And I am Brandon, their and, special guest. <laughs> oh my gosh, we do have a very special guest. Mary, have you met Brandon before? No, just a minute ago. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, let me tell you and all of our listeners about Brandon. We are so fortunate. Brandon is an internet sensation. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's quite trending on TikTok uh, or Instagram or Snapchat or Vine, which is apparently coming back. Elon Musk is bringing Vine back. Oh, wow. Yeah. But Brandon uh, is very active in the Facebook group Melrose Place. Mm -hmm. And Mary, he's the one that keeps posting all of these uh, polls and voting opportunities about like oh. what was your favorite season of Melrose Place, and then he, he eliminates one every every hour or four hours. It does see. I will say. I will say. Not the most secure election system I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, no, because I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed that like people get like bored. At, like I did like a twenty person poll. Like there's twenty yeah. characters all involved, and oh, they all lived in the building. And I found that the longer they are the more people get tired of voting. Yeah. So I'm just like, I need to, I need to speed it up. Yeah. When it gets to that point. That tired, tired of voting is dragging down democracy all over the place. But, <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Brandon all over the Facebook group will be like, who I think currently I'm seeing uh, that what well, we're recording this in November 2nd, yes. uh, which quote from Sydney and Allison is yes. the best of the yeah, whole we, series. Yep. So yeah, we just did Allison. Now we do, we're doing Sydney right now, and that's fun. So they'll choose from like um, six of her quotes that she's done, and then they'll vote to eliminate one, and then yeah. we'll keep going until there's like a winner. But what was the yeah. winner for the best Allison quote of the series? Hers was something about being a nitwit, nitwit from uh, the Midwest. Nitwit. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a good choice. I That's was hoping solid. that she was going to win the one where she says that she's living with an absolute pervert, referring yes. to Billy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. So, Brandon, also for our listeners, uh, they can't see this unless they're in the Facebook group. Um, our average demographic is 42 plus, um, either either female or excessively gay, um, or or Dan from Dan and Jenny's podcast. He's the one, one straight guy. But uh, Brandon, you really? seem to, to be a bit younger than everybody who has mm-hmm. downloaded this podcast. Tell us about your <laughs> Melrose Place journey, and maybe can we get get your generation hooked on it? Um, I have tried to get um, a friend of mine. 
I remember, okay, well, starting from the beginning, my mom had watched it in the 90s and everything when it was airing and all that. And I've always been like obsessed with Desperate Housewives. Literally, I was in fourth grade and I'd come home and watch Desperate Housewives like after school. (laughs) And my mom, then when we got uh, Netflix, like on our Nintendo Wii, she was like saying that uh, Melrose Place was on there. She's like, oh, two of the the characters from Desperate Housewives are in that. Um, I used to watch it all the time. She had a metal plate in her head referring to... Marsha Cross, Kimberly. Yeah. She was saying she had a metal plate in her head. I was like, oh my gosh. So I turned it on one time and I haven't, I'd like never stopped watching that. I believe that was in middle school. And then um, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I tried getting my best friend to watch it. I remember I, I had the box set like of all the DVDs. I brought it to her house and she uh, was like, turn this shit off. Wait a minute. Um, can we go back? First of all, it sounds like you started with season one. That was your mistake. But second, um, this I was- know, I know. Yeah. It start. It starts with the intro too, and the <laughs> intro itself is just completely yeah. bogus in my opinion. But <laughs> so, so you you were in high school when you were doing this? Um, I started in middle school started okay. watching it in middle school then i tried to introduce it to my friend in high school so okay freshman in high school yeah so i don't want to stir anything up i don't want to mm-hmm. cause any issues at home however i'm looking at timelines uh mary i think we may actually have baby austin here with us <laughs> oh my god what are the chances <laughs> I am the offspring. Yes, it, it, it would it would it would explain the odd sense of connection, right? The I do I do take I do I do do photography as well. There we go. Oh. There it is. Well, you should know. You should know. If you do happen to be baby Austin, get some twenty three and me done. But um, <laughs> Joe Reynolds did take pictures of her on a motorcycle in the courtyard, so you would know what she looked like when she you know yeah most definitely most definitely (laughs) all right okay baby austin um one other thing do you want to tell our listeners about your etsy shop and uh, what you've got there yeah so basically i run my own little etsy shop and i ship out to all these different stores um i hand make my own um voodoo dolls (laughs) i crochet (laughs) so i crochet a lot of different voodoo doll type stuff like i'll do bunnies and bears and witches and all that stuff they have button eyes and little stitch mouths and hearts and stuff but um yeah they're like little plushies and they're super cool (laughs) yeah it's called the cuckoo bin on instagram tiktok (laughs) and uh etsy as well so there we go all right well we are here this week to talk about the episode all about brooke which was not all about brooke nope Definitely not. When you told me what episode it was going to be, I was expecting it. Like, I was like, okay, I wonder what episode this is like. Because I know a big episode with Brooke doesn't happen until way, way later on. So I was like, I don't know. Then when I watched it, I was like, okay, Brooke was made two minutes of appearance. But yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> so I would like to, I have an example of why this show was high art for the generations, worthy of literary praise. And it is specifically, and Mary, this is a curveball from what I normally do. It is the shirt Joe was wearing when she went on a double date with the Hanson boys. I will describe it to you and then I will show it to you. But I need to describe it because this is not a visual medium for our listeners. But it was lavender, like a light lavender base with like splashes of darker purple and like almost a little gray tint there. Picture like an old timey map, like from Game of Thrones. But with but you're wearing purple glasses because it's Halloween, okay? Okay. Are you are you with me so far? Here's here's what it looked like. Do you see what I'm talking about? Like right there in between the bosom, 
it looks like a compass. It does look a little bit like a compass. And it looks like over kind of just above her right, or just below her right shoulder, I'll, I'll talk about that. Just below her right shoulder, it looks like a landmass, or maybe the, the Virgin Mary, now that I'm looking at it closer. Yeah. But then yeah. over, wrapping up around her left shoulder, it looks like some kind of swirling ocean, like climate change has taken over. Our listeners, <laughs> you're just going to need to go just zoom episode 325 to the last five minutes when she's standing there arguing with Jess or talking to Jess about his uh, stolen credit card. It was art. That level of kind of color play for the 90s was pitch perfect. That was a shirt that could have been worn in Friends at the time. And she was projecting into the future with the old timey style coming back into play. And if that's not enough for you, I see your skepticism, Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will also throw in the quote from that dinner of Jake saying, I thought they took away your credit cards. Because, <laughs> because Jess, who owns a whole gas station, uh, declared bankruptcy. Yeah, what happened? Who's running that gas station while he's in California? Uh, the lawyer who apparently is the same age as Jake. <laughs> the t- time has not been kind to him up in Washington State. Um, I know season three is hard for you because there's <laughs> a lot going on and it's hard to find the high art moments, but this this is a new stretch. I do have to say the... In, in my defense, in my defense, our, I, I think I'll say, I think I speak for our listeners, our dumbest special guest, Gail, uh, she always talks, she's, Gail, it comes, Mar- Mary invites a guest, it's always Gail, every 10th episode. Uh, she always talks about the outfits people are wearing, so I think Gail would appreciate this argument. She might not appreciate that I just called her the dumbest guest, but she doesn't listen. <laughs> it looks like it has a watercolor thing going on, so mm-hmm. it could be considered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like a shirt they got, like, at I'm not going to say JC Penney's because it probably wasn't from Penny's. Mancini Designs. Mancini Designs. Mancini Designs. Um, wow. I'm, I'm almost inclined to give you pity and just let you have this because <laughs> there's a little else. So maybe in the spirit of whenever this is in January, the spirit of New Year's. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. The shirt is really high art. It's really good. 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 <laughs> I listen. I just know today I'm celebrating the the life and mission of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So I appreciate the kindness you're giving me with this. Well, I do that every day. So I appreciate it as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, that was not what I was expecting. And yet somehow also it was. Um, do, you want, do you want me to talk about some trash now? Are we ready? Well, from this episode, was there any? Not a little. Just a- yeah. Okay. Oh, you you didn't have to agree that quickly, Brandon. (laughs) I just remember because I was during the episode, I was taking notes and I just remember like I put tort, I put next to like a couple of things. Just it was just trashy, but I will get to my definition later on. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll try. It's hard for me not to go into a lot of plot summary for this one. So I'm just going to go in. I called it. What do you want from me? Condolences or congratulations? <laughs> uh, so we're picking up from last week. Michael has found Kimberly. She is trying to kill herself. He's just having a drink and he's putting on classical music because they own classical music. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. From, it was when a he, surprise. 
He used to host the hooker parties. So they had to entertain. <laughs> they love they love that classical stuff. Um, he's sitting there reading her suicide note out loud to himself when Sydney walks up and she's like, oh my God, you killed her. Yeah. And he's like, oh no, I, I just came home from work and I sat down, which is also not a good excuse. Uh, so then of course he has to call 911. And, and Sydney, Sydney correctly pointed out, Michael, you're having a drink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so bad. And so while he's talking to the 911 person, she sneaks away the suicide note because she's a clever girl. Later, we see Kimberly's rushed into the hospital. Sydney has followed Michael there. Uh, she's ostensibly there to ask for more money for Jane, she says, because the business is, of course, flailing, as it always is. Uh, he's, he's, he's like, I don't have time for this. And she says, well, what do you want from me? Condolences or congratulations, which is a funny line. Uh, later, Sydney comes to visit Kimberly after she's regained consciousness. She's wearing a very cute outfit with a little white beret, which I like quite a bit. Um, she clarifies to Kimberly that, oh, no, no, Michael was not saving you. He was sitting there having a drink, waiting for you to die. Kimberly does not take this well. Uh, she mentions the insurance money, which Sydney's little ears go, whoop. Uh, <laughs> Sydney now is immediately, the wheels are turning. Kimberly's like, you know, I was poisoned, wink, wink, but you know, Michael doesn't have to get away with it. She says, Sydney could go back to the house and plant some stuff into her vitamin bottle. Cause again, they had that huge cabinet full of pills in the kitchen, which seems like a red flag to me. They're uh, doctors, they're doctors. They have prescription writing ability. I guess, but that seems like a lot of pills. They don't even have a spice like rack. They just have a pile of pills. <laughs> they keep their spiciness in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, so Sydney's like, okay, but for how much? And Kimberly's like, oh, for five minutes work, I'll give you fifty bucks. And Sydney makes a <laughs> glorious, oh no, no face. She says for breaking and entering and false like as an she's at least fifty thousand. Kimberly's like, I can get anybody for that much. And Sydney's like, yeah, but not everybody knows everything I know or knows where all the stuff is. And she's not lifting a finger till she gets the money in her account. And Kimberly looks back and she's like, fine, I'll wire it to you tomorrow. She says, hey, by the way, I need you to look around for this letter I wrote a while back. Uh, it might screw up the story. So I need you to find it and get rid of it. And Sydney's like, for 50 grand, I'll eat it. Off she goes. Not and enough, not enough details for Kimberly. Like she should have said, you're gonna find it at this particular place. Here's what it says. Just find a letter and burn it. I think it was implied, right? Like, cause she knows Sydney was there. Because Sydney already has said Michael was there just letting you Fair down. Enough. So maybe okay. she knows about it. Anyway, uh, Sydney breaks into the house with gloves on, which was a nice touch. <laughs> uh, even though I'm sure her fingerprints are all over the house already. She gets the pills. She jumps in the bad pills. Then Michael comes home. Oh, she ducks under the kitchen counter like a little kid hiding the cookie jar. Um, <laughs> he very comically, this is beautifully acted. He walks in and he pats his tummy like, oh, I'm a little peckish. Uh, and he starts walking toward the fridge. Sydney sees his feet coming around the corner and is panicking. But then we see him turn around and he very comically stops and he's picking at the fruit bowl and he picks out a big apple and takes a big bite. No, no, no. But silently somehow. There was no apple crunch sound. It was so silent film. It was such silent film. <laughs> they couldn't afford to mic the apple. They were like, we're out of money this week. Uh, so she runs out. Okay, so later, Michael is visited by detectives at the hospital. Kimberly has, in fact, alleged that he tried to kill her with drugs. And he's like, that's crazy. I found her. I saved her. Uh, she says, he says his wife can be, shall we say, overly dramatic. The <laughs> detective is not impressed. He's like, 
yeah, you're going to need to to deal with this. They ask where the note is that Michael says he has. He's like, it's at home. The detective says, we already had a search warrant and we didn't find any note, but we did find the vitamin bottle that was allegedly filled with pharmaceuticals. Michael's like, Timberly's nuts. He says, the detective's like, we're analyzing the pills. Meanwhile, they were suggesting in town because attempted murder is a very serious charge. Bum, bum, bum. Michael rolls his eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he goes to visit Kimberly. Uh, he thinks she's crazy and she's like, Oh, it's nice to see you too. Uh, is he does not want to stay with her, so she better stop trying these pathetic attempts. She says once Amanda gets wind that he's being charged with murder, she doubts she'll hang around for the conjugal visits. Uh he's she says he was just gonna let her die. And he says, Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the whole point of suicide? Which is horrible, but it made me laugh. Uh because he's not wrong. He saved her pitiful ass. She said, you didn't save me. You just revealed my life's mission to make yours a living hell, which is the most soap opera thing that has been said so far this episode. Uh, he leaves the room. She laughs to herself and that there is proof and he's wrong. He goes home. He's throwing the furniture all over the deck. He can't find the guitar. He re- Not the guitar. It's a guitar licks. I'm sorry. <laughs> he retraces the steps and goes, Sydney. He calls shooters and Sydney's like, who's this? <laughs> which is very funny. They go to meet at a coffee shop and she says, I want 50 grand. I want half of the money. She also wants a cheeseburger. He does not agree to get her a cheeseburger, but he does say, fine, I'll wire you the money, but she better watch her back because neither he nor the missus likes her very much anymore. Kimberly's back at the hospital. Michael comes in. Uh, He holds up the suicide note, which uh, Cindy's Pat handed over. Uh, Kimberly asks how much the little witch charged him and he says it's bad business to compare Uh, Mm -hmm. he tells her she needs to get out of here she needs to leave California he's going to send copies of this to everybody and she's going to look unstable she's not going to be able to get a job she's going to end up living homeless on the beach in a cardboard box she's like I don't know about that and he's kind of got her though so she's like with every cell of my body I hate you which is another soap opera thing people say at the end of the episode, Sydney is carrying her laundry basket, that old classic Melrose thing where someone's carrying a laundry basket around. Uh, Kimberly comes out of the shadows very mysteriously, and she says, I'm aware of your little screwover, and if I had more time, I'd think of a clever retort, maybe even a painful one, but I'm in a rush. Sydney's like, oh, you can go. That's fine. Kimberly grabs her by the neck, pulls her back, and says, Michael might let her get away with this, but he's weak, and she's not. And she says, you owe me, Sydney. And believe me, I'll be back to collect with interest. This is delightful trash. I had a wonderful time. I'm glad that Kimberly lives. That's nice. Uh, everything about this is beautiful trash. It's so soap opera-y. The little lines, the little like the like the evil whispers that Kimberly does, like with every cell of my body, I hate you. Uh, Michael, his little scene where he's patting his tummy because he's hungry was That's horrible. Little, little Dr. Tum Tum. Well, Dr. <laughs> and Sydney is great in this whole storyline. Like she's kind of back to her old self. I hate when she's sad, like busted up Sydney. This is when she's at her best. She's conniving. She's uh, presumably she got the whole hundred thousand between the two of them. I'd love to know where that money is right now. I, I guess it's in the bank. I hope she's not giving it to Jane because it'd be much more fun to her to spend it on something else. I can't, I forget where this goes entirely, but I'm looking forward to it. It's very silly. <laughs> okay. So there were two moments of art that I picked up there. So first, when mm-hmm. Sydney was hiding behind the counter, when Michael went into the bedroom, she like reached just her little hand up, her gloved hand crawling along the counter before she stood up. That was artistic. But also, Mary, I think this whole plot ended with a crescendo of artistic 
um, awakening for the American psyche, specifically when Kimberly said, you owe me, Sydney, and believe me, I'll be back to collect with interest. And I think payday loan stores were just becoming to be just beginning to become a scourge of American society, dragging people down left and right. And I think they wanted us to think about that as the episode ended. <laughs> I don't think there were payday loan stores yet, were there? They were just beginning. You know, they were out in LA and Austin, Texas. And Austin, Texas. Okay. Very specific. <laughs> All right. Well, I would like to yield my time for my second argument to Brandon to see what examples of high art for the generations you've seen. Take as much time as you need. <laughs> um the I think the I think the watercolor shirt is not bad. Joe's shirt, only because it just reminds me of watercolors. So that could be that could go either way. But the I personally think that the scene with Sydney and Kimberly in the courtyard with the laundry basket, I think that was art. Yeah. Sydney, anything. Here's the thing. Here's, but I'm so biased because anything with Sydney, I think, is art. Um, <laughs> because I don't know how anybody could look at her and be like, "This is not art." <laughs> <laughs> with the little black gloves, I completely everything that when it comes to Sydney, I think is just art. <laughs> And they were doing that black love thing in the shadow of the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh my God. <laughs> I love Sydney. I, like, I've often said on this, like, I, I sh in real life, she would drive me nuts, but like as a character, she's great. She's so much fun. There's always shenanigans happening. Yes. Like, the whole thing with her and Jane and how they sort of like re-befriend each other and then they hate each other again. Yeah. It, it's, it's like clockwork, but it doesn't get old. It's fun. I feel like, yeah, everybody always raves about Amanda, but I think Sydney is just Melrose Place as a whole. So she's more fun than Amanda. Like mm -hmm. her streaks are much sillier and like. I weirder. totally agree. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just, I think the, the entire episode in general is just trashy art. Ooh, okay. All right. That, that is my take on it because I think when it comes to like art in general, everything is so heightened and dramatic. So when you like watch it and watch like the plots and everything and the characters, it's so heightened and dramatic that it is artistic, yet their issues are a little trashy. Okay. <laughs> some of their, some of their, some of their um, either deliveries, plots, whatever, their situations are a little bit on the trashier side, which I completely get and it's fun, it's entertaining to watch. But all in all, I think that it would be trashy art. Okay. All right. So we're splitting the difference. I think let's take a break and we'll take another round of arguments and we can both try and persuade Brandon Austin. Yes. Right. Yes. I like this. <laughs> this week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is brought to you by one of those TV deals. Oh my God! Whoa, oh, tell me more. oh my God, Mary! You know how TV deals work. They're only available after two a.m. when the local news and repeat is over, and you're gonna get the best offer available only to you. Have you declared bankruptcy and have your credit cards taken away already? Yeah. No, you haven't. But if you did, you're just gonna need one of those TV deals. Yeah, TV deals, Mary. <laughs> One of these TV deals sponsoring Melrose Place. Now, these are deals only available to fans of the Melrose Place cast. Whoa, that's an exclusive audience. It's more exclusive than we'd like it to be. But yes, <laughs> listeners, it's just us. One of those TV deals. 
Now, I got bad news. You are going to need a landline to call into the 1-800 number, and you're going to need to know how the 1-800 number works. <laughs> and you are going to need to enter a promo code, but you're going to have to dial it the way we used to do texting. <laughs> I thought you were going to say on a rotary phone. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you're going to need to, you know, use your the numbers, the letters on your phone, right? To do M-M-M-E-E-L-L-R-R-O-O-S-E. -E -E. So it's Melrose Place Cash Discount Code is what you have to type in, but only like using the... Go ahead, Mary. It seems like a lot of letters. It's a lot. So many letters. But Can let me tell you... <laughs> No, but because listen, as soon as you hear these deals, you're going to hear that old, the one of those TV deals catchphrase. But wait, there's more. Oh boy. One of those TV deals. We have got the most implausible financial offerings available just to fans of the Melrose Place cast. Can oh, I tell wow. you about them, Mary? Oh, please, I love implausible financials. Man, one of those TV deals. Implausible financial arrangements only available to Melrose Place fans. Here's one. What if you want to take your entire student loan debt? You could just put it right on your friend's credit card. <laughs> what, a, what a great idea. One of those TV deals. Promo code Melrose Place Cast discount code. You're going to be tapping those buttons for a while. <laughs> You're gonna, you might need two landlines. Don't you tap. You can't. There's no screen. I know. You're going to have to pay attention. Listen, but the deals, they're so worth it because here's another one. Using one of those TV deals, you can borrow $400 for your roommate to pay to Martin's mom to fix her car so she could go to the comedy club and have everybody coughing up their Coronas. But he was really trying to use Allison's credit card a lot that first season, wasn't he? What are those TV deals? You know what else you could get? At one of those TV deals, you can have $500,000 stolen from you and still go to the office the next day like nothing happened. <laughs> one of those TV deals, Mary, you can get just $100,000 is all you'll need to run away forever with one of the top exec marketing executives in all of LA. <laughs> now, Let's let now let's think about this. A hundred thousand dollars is enough for Michael and Amanda to live on forever, happily ever after, no less. But five hundred thousand dollars, he still needed to gamble it. I don't think so, Chris Marchetti. That scamp. Only at one of those TV deals where all the financial arrangements are very implausible and only available to Melrose Place cast fans. Wow. There's Wait. more. Oh, 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 I should have known. If one of those TV deals. You will just need $15,000 to set up in perpetuity a legal defense fund Defense fund for all the gays. $10,000. Inflation. Biden inflation. You know what? Fair. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> Is that what they say? I don't know. I don't think it is. But there's more. One of those TV deals, you could get a suitcase with $1 million. Your, your daughter's going to have to sign for it or your girlfriend is going to have to pretend to be your daughter. But with that million dollars, you can buy so much gratitude by Kathy Ireland, available at the four remaining Kmarts in America, two of which are in New Jersey. Oh, we got to get out to New Jersey. Boo, boo, boo. But wait, there's more. How is there possibly more? How is there possibly more? In all this money splish splashing around, do you know what's going to bring everybody down? A rent increase of $200 per month. Too much money. They're making too much money, as my mother would say. But here's what one of those TV deals will do. They will make one of the victims of your rent increase 
awkwardly congratulates you for winning your argument with the rent board. I still can't believe Amanda made Sydney say congratulations. So bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. But $200, does it sound like a lot of money compared to everything else we were talking about? No. No, because $15,000 builds a legal defense fund in perpetuity. But $200, is that enough to convince your social worker to break into the legal files of Dr. Peter Burns to avoid the rent increase? Yes, because Mary, it's one of those TV deals. I mean, it was 200 a month. Time has no meaning and neither does money. Only available to fans of the Melrose Place cast. You will need to readily identify yourself that way. You'll need to, when when they pick up the phone, the first thing you need to say is, I need you to understand I'm a fan of the Melrose Place cast. They'll get you routed to the right person. And then the right person will say promo code, please. And that's where you're going to have to type the numbers into your phone for Melrose Place cast discount code. Yes. If there's a person answering the phone who asked for the promo code, couldn't you just tell them the promo code? No, 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 Mary. So the person answering the phone, when you, when someone, when you call, right, you're going to call the number and then they're going to say, or they're going to say, hello, thank you for calling one of those TV deals. And then they're probably going to say, because we don't, we can't afford the special effects yet. We don't have that. And and the first, you can't even say hello back to them. You're just going to say, I need you to understand. I'm a fan of the Melrose Place cast. That's like a, like saying like, I want to talk to a lawyer. Everything stops. Right. And then they, they route you over to, to our, uh, our good friend, uh, Jefferson. Jefferson is the supervisor. And Jefferson's going to say, hi, do you have the promo code, right? Yeah, sure. And you, and you can say yes. You can say yes. But then you have to, it's Melrose Place cast discount code. So you're going to need to just, just write this down. Are you ready? Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you don't say anything. You're just going to type on your touch tone. Okay. They can be touch tone. You're okay. going to type 633 Devil. Seven, 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 three, three, seven, five, 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 two, 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 three, three, two, 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 seven, 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 eight, three, four, 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 seven, 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 two, 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 six, 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 eight, eight, six, six, eight. Two two two, six six six, three, three three. I don't know how we could make it any easier at one of those TV deals. Yeah. Do you know we used to think that was a great form of communication? We really no, did. We didn't. No, we, we didn't. We paid ten. No, we, we, we paid ten cents per text. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> we listen back when when te- you know this was 2012, 2013, 2011. We had a teenager placed with us in foster care, and he could type that way without looking at his phone and send whole messages. Right, so when he was in class, he'd have his phone like down below the chair, and he'd be able to type whole things without looking down at it. Still looking up at the chalkboard. I imagine they were chalkboards, not whiteboards yet. But one of those TV deals. You call, you call the number, which we have not given you. You're going to have to look that up in the yellow pages. Google you're, it. You're going to, no yellow pages. You're going to look up one of those TV deals. You're going to call the number. The first thing you say is, I need you to understand I'm a fan of the Melrose Place cast. They're going to route you over to Jefferson. Do you need me to tell you that code again? Yeah. <laughs> Tough yeah, shit. I would like that, actually. Yeah. I think that the listeners need another chance to write it all down. 
And the listeners, I mean, listener. They're going to touchstone Melrose Place cast discount code. And, and then they're going to get, they're going to be able to cash in on all those good deals. I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away by the value. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't even know what to say. Uh, Do you know what else might, might be some new product lines coming out or some new uh, opportunities from one of those TV deals? What? You could say you own a fancy dancy coffee shop. You can hire Jake for one day and never pay him a dime. And he'll be fine because he'll just throw his towel at you in anger. Just going to bury that nozzle. Bury the nozzle so deep, so hard. Stir it through the milk. God. Yeah. And then you can burn your whole motorcycle shop down for $30,000 that you give to your girlfriend. <laughs> and then she tries to give it back and you get mad. Yeah. And then you, yeah, I don't know why. Never made a lot of sense. Boop, 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 boop. One of those TV deals. Call us now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get on the old touchstone phone wherever I can find one. Let's face it, it's at my parents. Just, <laughs> you know, I, I might even try on the rotary just to see what happens. I have to say, I didn't mention this in the episode, but I have to give them credit for a touch of realism. When Michael realized Sydney was blackmailing him, he called her at Shooters and there was a moment where he looked up to the ceiling and said, what's the number again? Because they at least had demonstrated like, we don't all, you know, like Joe knows the number for the airline by heart without thinking about it. Michael did at least have to think, what's the number for shooters again? Which just seems like a number he would have actually known, unlike Joe knowing the airline number. I think that's correct. But you know what number Michael should have known? It's the 1-800 number for one of those TV deals. Yay! I thought you were going to say 911. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, these are just amazing deals. I can't wait to get out my phone and yeah. very slowly and carefully type in that promo code. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I hate to hate to interject. You only have 15 seconds to get the code in. So you got to get right to it. It might be best to practice. I can see why you wrote it all out. (laughs) And we are back for the second half of season three, episode 25 of the Melrose Placecast. We are discussing the episode all about Brooke, which is not all about Brooke. We haven't even talked about Brooke yet. So that that tells you that. I'm Tej. I'm Mary. I'm Brandon. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I will launch into my second trashy argument, and I will be talking about Brooke. I call this one, I don't want to badmouth anyone, but I think that Amanda has designs on your job. <laughs> oh, so Amanda has been fired previously. Uh, she has Billy over one morning. She is in remission, and he's so happy to hear that. She says it broke her heart to leave D&D, but she wants to get back in the game. He asks, why don't you just go somewhere else where you have less baggage? Because revenge, Billy, revenge. That's why. Uh, she says, oh, I, you know, I'm recovering still, so I can work at D&D and like people will understand. Great. He says he'll tell, he'll talk to Allison. Uh, he gets into the office and Allison is already on the phone bitching to someone about a refund. So it's not a great time for him to bring this up, but he does. She is not into it, but he's like, hey, she's top in the field. She could lighten our load. And besides, you could use her to your advantage. You could exploit her skills. And Allison's in her little red power suit. And she's like, hmm, exploiting Amanda. What a concept. Very soap opera. Uh, later, Allison goes to Amanda's apartment in her little red power suit. Uh, she kind of audash- audaciously steps into the doorway. And she's like, 
I understand you're interested in coming back to work at D&T. And Amanda plays it close. She's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Allison says, I have to say, I don't understand why you'd want to take a step backwards career-wise. Obviously, you wouldn't be coming in at the same level. Amanda says, her motives are simple. I'm not interested in working any place that's less than the best. Mm-hmm. Allison smiles. She's like, there's one job open. You're working out of a cubicle. The starting salary's in the low 30s. It's a big step down. But if you wanted it, it's yours. And Amanda's all smiles. She says, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Allison then looks uncomfortable and says, okay, uh, if you're up to it, uh, full-time, you can't be running off to chemo every day. No preferential you treatment. You can't say that. You cannot say that. If someone needs, someone needs chemo, just, here's just some legal advice for any supervisors. You let them get their chemo. Let them have their chemo. They, uh, they might lie about chemo one day. That's okay. You're going to let them do that too. You're not going to go. question a goddamn thing. Let it go. No <laughs> HR department at D&D. Once again, no, no HR department. Well, not until Amanda comes back. That's true. She'll set them straight. Uh, Amanda says, that is just fine. When do I start? Allison's t- Allison says tomorrow. And she says, remember, Amanda, I'm the boss. And Amanda goes, of course you are. And closes the door and goes, but not for long. <laughs> uh, the next morning, Alice, Amanda walks into work. She's all smiles. She's got her box that she left with last time. Uh, she says, it feels terrific. And Amanda, Allison walks up and goes, I hope you're comfortable out here. Uh, Amanda smiles. She says, I'm just happy to be home. Allison asked Brooke to go get her a cappuccino. And Amanda goes, oh, no, I'll go. Does anyone else want anything? And off she goes. And she says, oh, I love this Miss Congeniality Act. And Billy's like, I don't think she's doing it. I think she's really happy to be back to work. Uh, it's, a good, thinks- it's a good thing that Amanda went to do this because Allison ordered a cappuccino. And by the time she was talking to Billy, she was talking about a latte. Yeah, and I noticed that. She, I thought of you. She doesn't know what she wants, you know? And if she had went herself, she would have ordered the wrong thing. She would have got back. There would have been foam instead of no foam. It would have been a disaster. So it's a good thing Amanda's there. Yeah, she's really helping out already. Uh, Allison <laughs> walks away. Brooke uh, is like, hey, I work for Allison, but it seems like she and Amanda have a lot of animosity. How should I act toward Amanda? And Billy's like, just like you would to anybody, which is a weird <laughs> conversation. Uh, Allison calls Amanda into her office later that same day. Uh, Billy's also in there and Brooke follows her in. Allison's like, why didn't the Lambert account go out? And Amanda's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Allison says she's playing dumb. She says, I told, I gave Lambert my word. It would be delivered. And I left you a memo on your desk. And Amanda's like, I don't think I got a memo. And Brooke starts kind of conspicuously digging in piles of papers that she's holding. Uh, Allison goes on like, oh, I believe on your first day back, you just happened to have a major screw up with the only client I personally handle. Amanda's like, if I got the memo, I would have totally taken care of it. I know how important the account is. I've worked here before. Brooke goes over to Allison's desk and is digging in more papers. Allison's like, I have no intention of putting up with your petty sabotages, which is something people on soap opera say, not in real life. That was, uh, that was a cheap shot, Mary. It was beneath you. Meanwhile, Brooke is digging through papers on the president's desk. The pre- <laughs> Brooke, the intern, just the rifling intern. through the president's desk. And what does she find? She finds the memo. She says, oopsie, you never took this off your desk. So Amanda never got it. So Allison has to eat it up and be like, all right, just go make sure this gets sent out. And Amanda goes, oh my God, of course. And uh, as they're walking out, Billy's following Amanda and she leans back and goes, you lived with her, which made me laugh. Uh, Brooke stays behind and she's doing that little like scheming smile. It was cute. Anyway, uh, Amanda and Billy have a meeting with Allison later. She gives them a big pile of stuff to do and says they have to stay late. And Amanda's like, that's that's great. All right. And so off she goes. Billy lingers and he's like, you need to stop riding her so hard out of spite because this is stupid. And Allison huffs and puffs and slams the door right in Brooke's face. 
because she was about to walk in. It was very rude. Brooke stands there and eavesdrops. And Allison's like, how dare you tell me how to run this business? Billy's like, I'm not telling you how to run it. Quote, I'm just telling you not to be such a bitch. Fair enough. Uh, Brooke's little eyebrows are going up and down on the other side of the door. We're watching her walk. Listen, Allison's like, get this straight, Billy. What goes on between me and Amanda is private property, which is a weird sentence. Uh, she has a lot of wrongs to make right by me. And she knew that coming back into the game. And she also knows she's my employee, as are you. And the last thing I need is to be challenged at every turn by my subordinates. Now, please lay down on my desk. (laughs) He's terrible. (laughs) Billy says, oh, is that what I am? A subordinate? And Brooke's eyes are really big on the other side of the door. Now she kind of runs away. And Allison's like, between the hours of nine to five, you're damn right. And Billy says, fine. And he walks out and slams the door. Later. Brooke is on the is at the work. Billy, he tells Billy, Mr. Lambert's on the phone. He's really upset. Allison's at her AA meeting. What should we do? And Billy's like, just take a message. Brooke says, no, no, he's really mad. Amanda goes, hey, I know this account. Like, he gets really mad if we put him off. Like, it's probably better for someone to talk to him now. So Billy relents and says, okay, like, fine, go for it. Amanda gets on the phone. This 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 woman, this wonderful woman, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Allison's gone. She's off at her AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> no HR department. No wait HR a minute. department. Wait and a minute. Wait. Amanda is 100% justified. Allison literally went to a client a special dinner just to reveal Amanda's diagnosis. Oh, I'm not saying she's not justified. Account. Oh, rest assured, I agree. But I mean, again, if you actually work at a place and did this, you would be fired. So don't do that. <laughs> Go for life advice. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's had some terrible personal difficulties, which may explain the glitches with your campaign. Chef <laughs> <laughs> kiss. Allison gets back. She's like, hey, Brooke, did anything happen? <laughs> Brooke catches her up. Allison's outraged. Uh, but now Alice, uh, Lambert wants Amanda to be their account rep. Uh, Allison is very upset. And Brooke says, you know, I don't want to badmouth anyone, but I think that Amanda has designs on your job. And Allison gives her this no shit Sherlock face. It is beautiful, beautifully done. Uh, she's like, what do you do? And Allison's like, I'm going to not, I'm not losing sleep over this. Like she's always doing this. She virtually has no power anyway. She tells Brooke to call Lambert. So she, Allison can straight this out. And Brooke stops and lays a little more sugar on. She's like, I hope you know, outside of these doors, you can count on me to be your eyes and ears. And like, oh. Later, we're almost done. Allison comes to Billy's with more work and says he has to get it done by noon tomorrow. And then she starts turning on the charm, air quotes. And she's like, I know I'm a real workaholic, but like, I promise after five o'clock, no more shop talk. She starts trying to kiss him and he doesn't kiss her back. She's like, what's wrong? He says, you can't just come over here and expect sex on demand, which is fair. (laughs) She's like, oh, I just, why are you like this? I thought we were getting back together. And he says, we were, but then you started calling me your subordinate. He (laughs) says, new you is rude, selfish, and completely egocentric. He's like, I'll do the work, but I'm not sleeping with the boss. That's not in my job description. He gives her her shoes that she's taken off, says goodnight. She's like, oh, you just decided we're employer employee now, which is a weird comeback. He said that, yeah, the same time you told me I was a subordinate from nine to five. She says, the noon deadline was for someone I cared about. Have those done first thing in the morning. Well, his, his, his night is suddenly open. You know what? That's true. That's true. Uh, our last little zinger, Brooke is sitting at a bar, not shooters. So that was exciting. Uh, someone walks in and we don't see who it is. And then it swings around. And of course, it's Amanda. We all saw this coming. Uh, Brooke has an armful of files. And they're, they're like, ooh, 
is great. Amanda compliments her about the little bit with the memo being on Allison's desk. Uh, Amanda's like, you're doing a great job. Brooke is glad she approves. And Amanda holds up her martini glass and toast. We're going to make quite a team at D&D, aren't we? And Brooke says, that's the plan. This is so much fun. I forgot this happens. Uh, Brooke has wonderful scheming face. She's very good at those little like innocent asides. Like, I think she might be trying to get your job. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's really trashy. And it's what they do on every soap opera I've ever watched. But it's it's very entertaining. And I like that they blended in this weird little side drama still between Billy and Allison as annoying as I find them as a couple. I like that they they stir the little pot. It's fun. It's very silly. What did you think, Brandon? Um, about which part? <laughs> about this storyline. <laughs> um, I think overall that storyline is trashy. I would say it's trashy because, but I think it's sprinkled with art in there. I think the whole Brooke thing, I think um, her, like you said, her little subtle things, I think that is artistic, but overall I think the whole um, Brooke playing both sides and all that, I think that's a little trashy. It's entertaining though. Trashy isn't bad. So. Yeah, that's what I always say, and he gets all mad at me. So this is this is real <laughs> awkward because uh, this was my next high art point, the storyline. <laughs> okay, but before I get there, I do have beep 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 update from other podcasts. Oh. Last last week, so Brandon, I listened to the other three Melrose Place podcasts, but okay. only after we record our episode. So yes, to, I do. I do remember hearing you say yes, that. I'm yes. very on the up and up here. So ethical. Yeah, I, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> but last week at the shoot at um, Brooke and Daddy's house, Allison okay. was wearing this gorgeous business suit. It was key lime pie with like a little bit of white fringe. It was a super short power mini skirt, right? But she looked fantastic. And I talked last week about how great it was. And Mary's nonverbals last week were the same as they were just now to suggest she didn't believe it was an artistic <laughs> outfit. And I am here from, after listening to the other podcast to tell you uh, they didn't either. Apparently I am alone in this, but I would encourage everybody to go back to the powerful mint green key lime pie suit Allison was wearing in 324. I'm sure I would agree. I'm always watching like yeah. what they're wearing and everything. So I'm sure I would agree. So I'd have to be on that side for that. It, it was, was great. It was a tough color on her skin tone. It was not right for her skin tone. Like okay. it wasn't any worse than any other power suit we've seen. It was just it was <laughs> hey, Wisconsin people. Like we don't look right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh is that also, Dan and Jenny from the Melrose Place podcast, um, when uh, Brooke introduced her fiance, do you remember her fiance's name? It was Lowell, which is like yes. a Lowell. Name. Yes. Uh, Dan apparently uh, just heard Lowell, like LOL, and <laughs> did not understand what was happening. So I found that to be joyful ahead, as well. Ahead of the time. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, but here's, here was the art that I found in this particular specific storyline specifically. And Mary, you said the quote, I feel like you must be trolling me by trying to bury the art in the midst of some just trashy bits, you know, but quote, when Amanda said she's at an AA meeting, Oh, you didn't know. I thought that was artistic. <laughs> that was because good. 
Yes, because here's the thing. I'm going to talk to you about Betty Ford. I'm going to talk to you about Dick Van Dyke. And uh, who was the Van Dyke? Who was who was the 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 funny guy in the before uh, Jay Leno? Johnny Carson. Yes, Johnny Carson. Yeah. Okay. So remember the time period, right? Uh, at this time, uh, our special guest was just born. We were. <laughs> in a different place and a different understanding with alcoholism. And I think that's what they were trying to show us. So Betty Ford in the late seventies, no, yeah, sometime in the seventies kind of came out as an alcoholic, right? That was, she was the first like major breakthrough of that. But also, do you know who else was an alcoholic? Actually, Mary, start, start naming names in this town. Name, name the names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to start? <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. And oh. also, I may have the person wrong, but the story is correct. Dick Van Dyke was on the Johnny Carson show, and he was, again, one of the first like mainstream people to come out with alcoholism. And Johnny Carson was asking him about it. And this was, this was a very valuable life lesson I learned in RA training in 2000-something. And... Johnny Carson said, what made you get help? And Dick Van Dyke said, you know, there must have been a hundred people who told me I had a problem with alcohol and I got mad at some and I ignored others and I ruined relationships. But everybody, someone was the seventh person, someone was the 14th, someone was the 83rd and it took all 100. And it wasn't until that hundredth person told me that I realized I had a problem and I had to deal with it, right? And the, the lesson for us as RAs was, you know, you have to like, confront people and like help them see what their challenges are and they might get mad at you but it doesn't mean you didn't help them it just means today you were person number 62 right so was it was it gaslighting us yeah absolutely right like just tricking us to to rationalize what we were doing but what amanda was doing there by saying she's at an aa meeting she was leaning in and using alcoholism as a weapon against allison which was of the times and, and really channeling the societal view of alcoholism at the time, which is if you are a recovering, not a current, but a recovering alcoholic, actively going to meetings, you're going to relapse, you're going to screw up. Now, the fact that she relapsed by the end of the season hurts my point. I concede that. But that the, the belief you're going to relapse and you're unreliable because you used to have a problem with alcohol. This is a point Amanda has made over and over again this season, but I think it was artistic for them to do it again here. Johnny Carson, I worked in. I at least get credit for that. You sound older than me this week. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Okay. Here's the other one. Here's the other, other art quote that I had from okay. the storyline. Sleeping with the boss isn't exactly in my job description. And here's, here's why I found it artistic. At D&D, it very well could have been. The way they were running that place, right? With Amanda <laughs> making out with her stepdaddy in the conference room. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, oh yeah, and Alice and Billy have been on the desk. <laughs> on, Am on Amanda's desk. Yeah. Amanda and Jake. Yeah, just <laughs> yelling, I'm not going to be your boy toy. Take me into your office for sex right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, that's the best I could do. Okay. So I have to decide now? No, you get to tell us if you... It sounds like you didn't find any examples of this being trash. But this would be your, your time to tell us if you picked up any... See, I there. just have such, like, a different... I have such, like, a different view. I uh -huh. think, like like I said, trashy, trashy is not bad. I think that is artistic when it is trashy. 
I think that it, okay. if, if it is, if it, it's like trashy art. It's like everything is so dramatic and heightened and over the top that like that is so well done that it's art because uh-huh. it's trashy. Does that make sense? But yeah. for, okay, go ahead. It sounds like your siblings may be very similar to mine. <laughs> Maybe that's oh, really? the difference we have here, Mary, because I have some dramatic siblings and it reflects true to life to me when I see it on Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I think the whole, I think I would say that that plot in general, I think it would be more trashy sprinkled with art Whereas the whole Kimberly Michael situation is artistic, sprinkled with trash. I'm going to take that and run with it. <laughs> I like it. I like that. <laughs> I like it. All right. What's the difference? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> any, other, any other highlights you'd like to draw attention to, Mary or Brandon? Oh. We've got to talk about Jess and this credit card. I mean, I yeah. Can't. Okay. Or- yeah. Go ahead. Because I was like, this is I feel like I feel like it was not executed as well as it could have been. No, first of all, okay, so first Jess <laughs> is back in town. He was sleeping in the storage room only for Sydney to find him going through Jake's files. So now he's living with Jake. Uh Jess is swimming in his jean shorts. I know. Yeah. Remember when Jake used to do that? Is this genetic? It's, <laughs> it's genetic. It's Jessnetic. Oh, that's <laughs> too far. No. Christopher and Nan in Melrose Sheltered in Place cast apparently had an ongoing joke about Jess in the jean shorts. So if you think Billy's acid wash jeans in the office are a problem, it sounds they like are. just they wait, just wait. All right. So Joe is carrying a box of camera equipment, which last we saw was sold to the cult, but whatever. And I forgot about the cult already. Jess runs over and, and in, <laughs> insists on carrying Joe's box of camera equipment, even though she's a fully capable woman with shoes on, with shoes on. Jess is dripping wet on this slippery ass stairwell that someone has already fallen down. Now, I think, Brandon, I think you went down those stairs, right? Joe was pregnant. <laughs> I did, I yeah. did. And like, I, I was, was in the womb. I was so... <laughs> I was so worried for Jess, but Jake sees Jess carrying the box. And like, I don't know if this is how straight guys are, but the way he just was like insistent on taking the box away from Jess right in front of Joe, who's literally laughing at these two dumbasses. It's so cringy. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So, okay. So Jess talks with Jake about moving in on Joe and, and blah, 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 blah. Um, but Jess is working at Shooters. Someone left their credit card, so he just took the credit card. Now, did you notice the artistic moment where he looked at the back to see if it had a signature? No. Back then, this was how they verified ID. You had to sign the back of the credit card. Mm. And and so then that when okay. you signed for it at the store, they would just turn it over to see did it match. Yep. And that was it. So because it was blank he was going to be able to sign the person's name and get away with it. Oh, wow. Yeah. They never asked for driver's licenses at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how it went. So he took the credit card and then immediately takes Jake and Jess or Jake and Joe out for dinner. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. He had no idea what the credit limit was on that credit card. No, or if it had been reported stolen or lost. Yeah. He couldn't log into capital one.com to see how much was left. (laughs) Maybe he called Billy's sexy debt collector lady friend, Mary, Mary oh, Smith. Yeah. Mary Smith, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Jake, Jake says, 
very rudely, let me see the card. I thought yours were taken away. Like he demands to see Jess's credit card. With like with the smile. Yeah. So <laughs> as he's smiling, let me see it. <laughs> yeah. So Jess only has one play to make, which is to storm out in anger. And he he gets sympathies with Joe. So I think we're we see this. I think we see where this is going. Unfortunately. Um, there was one other little scene that I very much enjoyed. Actually, there are two. Um the one where Michael and Amanda go out to dinner and <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they put a stake in this storyline. It's beautifully done. It is beautifully handled. So <laughs> and all swoopy, and she's very like, yeah, no, no. Uh, he gives her a ring. He wants to marry her, and she just starts openly laughing. Laughing, <laughs> so funny. And he's like, I'm serious, and she's like, I'm not marrying you. <laughs> it's even better because you never see her laugh. Like she's no. never. She's never laughing, so that's what made it better. One of the other things that I thought was when Kimberly woke up in the hospital and Sydney's there, and she's like, oh, God, did I die and go to hell? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I don't think I have anything else. Only Oh, the other thing I wrote down that was just noteworthy was um, Michael telling Sydney that she's like a bad penny. She just keeps turning up, and you yeah. can't get rid of her. <laughs> I had a problem in this episode. I wrote it down. I can't believe, Mary, you glossed over this. You were so mad about Michael and Kimberly and Sydney being trashy. They <laughs> So Sydney first gets $50,000 out of Kimberly for planting the drugs in her vitamin uh, cup. Yes. Then she lets Michael know that basically she's going to blackmail him for the other $50,000 if he wants the suicide note back. Otherwise, he's going to go to jail. And he says, fine, we're going to meet at a coffee shop. He did not say a restaurant. He did not say a diner. He said a coffee shop. Probably the one he was walking to when Kimberly dressed as Sydney, dressed as Jane, ran Michael over to kill him because <laughs> attempted murder is a serious charge in this town. By the way, Sydney, Sydney, a woman on probation for attempted murder of this particular man uh, has a lot of nerve getting involved in this blackmail plot. She should not be doing that. But Michael says, we'll meet at the, the coffee shop. We'll negotiate it. And Sydney laughs and says, okay, I'll bring my calculator. But they went to this <laughs> coffee shop and it had booths like it was a Denny's. Yeah. That's not how coffee shops are, Mary. For mica tables? Maybe it was different then. Like, no. I don't know Pop- that coffee shops, like we know them were as much of a thing yet. Jake was burying the nozzle in that season like, one. Yeah, but they acted like that was a real novelty. Remember, like this was, oh, this is really out there. Like this they- guy had- they literally sent Amanda for a cappuccino latte today. Yeah, but they're in downtown. <laughs> That's different. Anyway, it bothered me. The layout of that coffee shop. Listen, if they were going for kitschy, you know, old fashioned, that could be cute. But this, no, this was a diner. There was waiters. It was not a coffee shop. I don't accept it. And and therefore, I'm going to have to say it was trashy. Okay. Um, there was one other little subplot that I enjoyed. Uh, it was so it was Billy and Brooke, and so Brooke has apologized for fueling Billy up last week, and so they're trying to be friends now. <laughs> and barging in on him on the bathroom. Yes, that was it. Was brazen. I think it's fair to have called it a brazen attempt. Uh, but they're kind of getting along, and so she's hearing Allison calling him a subordinate, and so she's like, "Hey, how about you know? Here's what I do whenever I've had it up to here with the world." I play air hockey, which is not what I was expecting. (laughs) He's like, oh, I bet you have like a full arcade at the mansion. She goes, no, I go down to the Santa Monica Pier. And he's like, you? And she goes, yeah, me. I'll tell you what, let's go there after work, my treat. 
he says arcade games aren't his thing, although I distinctly remember him and Allison going in season one or season two to do exactly that at the pier. Uh, she's like, no, it's a great way to work through any and all kinds of tension. Just give it a chance. He says, fine, be prepared to lose. I'm visualizing Allison's face as the hockey puck. So they go and they That's play. That's not how we talk about women. No, it's not. It's not okay. It's not all right. Uh, Brooke is smiling her scheming smile. They go, they play air hockey. Uh, she's like, oh, didn't that just take off your mind off of your mind off of everything? And he says, it reminded him of Allison. You'd never know it, but she used to be fun. She used to be great, spontaneous, open to anything. And Brooke says, that sounds extremely past tense, <laughs> which made me laugh. Uh, he had a better <laughs> time with Brooke in that one night than he had with Allison all year. And that I believe wholeheartedly. Uh, they're standing close together and they're kind of like maybe getting a little close. And she's like, oh, it's so nice to just be friends with a man. This is a first for me. But they start kind of touching and it looks like they're about to go to Smooch City. But no, they go back to play more air hockey, which is a weird metaphor they're going for with this. I don't quite follow, but <laughs> whatever. Like, it got them back in the air hockey place. So good for them. Very strange. Wasn't Allison almost a murder victim under that pier? Yeah, with, uh, what's his name? Keith. I don't know if it was that pier for sure, but I think it was. I don't recall. <laughs> there so many attempted murders. Literally. <laughs> Remember the time she got carjacked? Yep, yep. No! It was very dramatic. Very dramatic. Well done. <laughs> this was a fun episode i like this one it was all about brooke not yeah. really, it, was fun. <laughs> it was very interesting it was very interesting yeah it was good it was good um there's it always seems like just messy i love it <laughs> a good word for it it's very the more mess the better that's why later on it doesn't it's not as messy later on that's why like this is like the golden season Brandon, I'm hanging on by a thread keeping Mary on this podcast. Let's not let not talk about it going downhill. Okay, <laughs> here's here's a thought experiment I have because I'm going to try and pull something up. But before I do that, uh, if the two of you had to work together to come up with a persuasive ad campaign to get Gen Z watching m- the original Melrose Place so that we can have a reboot, how would you do it? Th- Darren talks about a reboot. Yes, there... I've, been, I've been starting that rumor. That's me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the woman who plays J- uh, Jane, Josie Bissett, or Bissett, she did an interview with Fox saying that there's talks about them with the original cast and all that. But um, as for an ad campaign to get people like around me to watch, I have no. I feel like some of the clothes have come back I'm, in style. Uh, like that, yeah, that. I'm so far removed from people my age that like I don't even know. Like obviously, I'm still watching my Rose Place. So I'm so far removed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're far removed too. He's <laughs> 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 the only person I know watching. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I do think it is fun. I like seeing the clothes on the show because they. I do think there's an element that's kind of gone full circle. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Not the lime green power suit, thankfully. That, that the, the lime green power suit was amazing. But what about like leveraging the cat fight at the pool in the wedding dress, the scheming sisters, hey, the, that's the attempted gonna, murders? Are, do people like that stuff now? Do people like th- that type of show now? Because I feel like all the, the shows now are 
either uh crime medical especially on cable and then like on streaming a lot of it is supernatural fantasy type stuff so like i'm just like do people even watch uh drama like that type of catty drama petty stuff i have to messy? say kimberly's kimberly's reality. arc is all of those things i know i know that's why like you don't see that today though like not a lot of shows have that today though so that's what i'm wondering if it just died down if people think it's too corny on the cheesy side like that's already been done like nobody watches that anymore or what i was just complaining to my sister about it the other day like how there's no shows about like people living in the same area like in the same community that sort of thing so i don't know if people watch that sort of thing now or enjoy it i think the closest analogy i could come up with are the real housewives honestly because you have a lot of the same elements it's real that's true that's true and they're kind of some of the i mean you have the occasional like people who are relatives who are all on the same show and that kind of thing it's not quite the same but it's so they settle for reality they're they're settling for like the reality tv for messy yeah i i think maybe that's how. okay that would make sense because i do watch real housewives too and that is beyond messy (laughs) i would love to see the melrose place reboot with supernatural elements like oh my god that'd be fun Just imagine, like, Amanda and, like, Kimberly are... The, the building is cursed. The building, the building is, is cursed. Totally cursed. <laughs> the building is way cursed. <laughs> I would watch that. That would be fun. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe D&D's working on it. Ad campaigns. <laughs> I think he's gone. He's what? I think he's gone. His mic is off, I think. Okay, so I am going to share my screen. Our listeners won't be able to hear it. Okay. Uh, but it is, it's, I pulled up the mint green outfit. So we can describe it oh, and sweet. come to a conclusion on ev- whether everybody else was wrong. You're really Or, or just me. <laughs> this mint green suit was amazing. So currently we're watching Billy with that, that old fashioned tie. Here it is. Did you see it? Look at that. No, I don't see it. Wait, it's black for me. It just, the time, I see the timestamp. Oh, you know what? You might not be able to share it. Oh, okay, there we go. I can see it in a little box. Yeah. Oh, well, shit. I'll just cut this out. It's the copy, it's the copyright. So if this is on Paramount Plus, it's the copyright. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to, I mean, what, this whole thing is, this whole podcast is stealing copyright. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's parody. It's fine. <laughs> It's a parody podcast. No, you know what you should do for future things when you want to share things and you can't? Uh, go to the website called hdtoday.com. They have the full series on there for free. And yeah, that's how I watch. I forgot my DVD when I came to Pennsylvania uh, this week. I forgot my DVD at home, so I just watched it on HD Today. You can watch it in any speed you want, but they have everything on there. So you should watch. I have to say, I went to the website. It does not look like a safe website. Um, you know what? I thought the same thing. And then, but my, my phone, my laptop, everything has a little, uh, has a little padlock okay. symbol if it's safe to use. And I've been using it. My boyfriend has been using it for like ever. My sister uses it. So okay. I recommend it. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. I think so. Brandon, you split the difference. You said it was artistic trash or trashy art, depending on which storyline. And, uh, I just hope one day you get reunited with Joe. <laughs> i do too i do too <laughs> i feel like you've just ultimately come to the conclusion that this entire podcast will whatever this ends it'll be like well it's it's beautiful trashy art and it's <laughs> it is it is <laughs>
You saved us a lot of time. (laughs) That's why when he messaged me about, like, that I'll have to vote, I'm like, it's going to be very hard depending on the episode because, like, it's just, you could go either way with it depending on what's going on. I feel like there's, it's so well balanced for the most part. Do you know what is still bothering me? We've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. We know what is coming up at the season finale, uh, episode 30. We just finished episode 25. So in five episodes, the explosion happens. I know. know. Mackenzie Hart still has not appeared on the show <laughs> i know she, she's still not here Alli- allison Crazy. is drinking again because billy marries brooke they yeah. just they haven't kissed yet she 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 was engaged to low oh, last know. week i know i know i know <laughs> Kimber- the Kimber- whole- kimberly it's- hasn't even gone to no more victims it's almost like they planned out that episode and then kind of like did a rewind and tried to get everybody there yeah, at a certain time, and they, they it kind of feels rushed. But yeah, I can't wait for you guys to watch that. Brandon, have you ever heard the the original storyline they had written for that explosion? Uh, she had planned to do something else to the building. Yes, they were gonna. What Kimberly was gonna kidnap Sydney, tie her up on a little airplane, and crash an airplane. Yes, into crash. Into, plane. Yes, crash into it. Yes, yep. I knew it was something bizarre, and I was like, that is just silly. But. <laughs> Also, the season three ends only with Kimberly pressing the explosion button, but the explosion doesn't right. happen because right. Oklahoma the, City was the just real bombed. city. Yep, the real bombing. Yeah, <sighs> that was yeah, sad. But but it's still good. I know. But the whole build up to it pays off. I have to say, you know, one of the good things about the Oklahoma City bombing um, is <laughs> it's going to make the explosion an artistic point. That's true. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> If you're not talking about Oklahoma City, you're talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, this was great. Brandon, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so enjoyable. Thanks for for making the Melrose Place group fun again. It was was pretty dusty. Oh, that's why I love doing the polls because people start talking about certain things or arguing, which is always fun to watch. But I remember (laughs) there was a winner. There was a winner for Funniest Guy. And Richard was voted out. Yeah, you guys don't know who Richard is. We know. I know who Richard is. I know about the Walking Dead crossover with Melrose Place. The Walking Dead crossover. I can, we can't I talk mean, about. We can't say this any further with Mary here. Okay. Okay. Now I know. I now I know what you're, yeah, what yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Um. But somebody voted. Uh. Richard lost in the poll, and somebody was like, uh, "I'm leaving this group. This is absurd." <laughs> and they ended up leaving. Like they left the group because Richard. Oh didn't my. Win. That had to be my nephew, Nick. That had to be. That's the type of <laughs> catty thing he would do. All right. Well, Brandon, we'll see you on the Facebook group. Thank you. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was really fun. Thanks for Thank coming. Thank you. Yep. This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is generously supported by the following sponsor. You've had a long week. You broke up with your fiance. Daddy's mad at you and threatening to cut you off financially and emotionally. Oh. Your boss at work is slamming doors right in your face. And the guy you tried to feel up in the bathroom still hasn't kissed you. (laughs) I hate that. Listen, as a gay, I'm here to tell you, I hate when that happens. I'm sure you do. What's a poor (laughs) of rich girl to do? Well, it's time to unwind. You got to de-stress. You got to do a little self-care, right? But what are you going to choose? A warm bath? That sounds gross. You're sitting in your own, own filth. Oh, fucking gross. Don't turn on baths. Yeah, don't let Gail hear this. 
what are you gonna are you gonna eat a box of chocolates no that's fattening you can't have that are you gonna go out walking children in nature no you're gonna get ticks you don't want to get ticks <laughs> so many ticks ticks everywhere there's only one thing to do when you've had it up to here with the world it's time to play air hockey air hockey yes air hockey i was gonna get an air horn sound to play but I thought <laughs> you know i know what you're thinking what are you some kind of rich girl like in the hollow note song have you got a full arcade at your mansion you, okay, you probably do, but you know what's way more fun than having your own arcade at your own mansion? It's stopping by the Santa Monica Pier to visit Brooks Erotic Air Hockey. <laughs> Brooks Erotic Air Hockey is the hottest erotic air hockey destination in town. It is also the only erotic air I was, hockey. I was, that was going to be my follow-up question. Did you know that air hockey is a great way to work through any and all kinds of tension just give no it a shot. way no way rick knows firsthand that unresolved sexual tension can lead to unpleasant side effects like non-consensual groping <laughs> instigate, <laughs> fights with daddy not daddy uncontrollable scheming face <laughs> and random outbursts of pouting also called pout bursts you might say she has resting scheming face she totally has resting skinny face. She's wonderful. Uh, that's why Brooke got some money from Daddy to mm-hmm. open the first erotic air hockey parlor in Southern California. Did Daddy know that's what the money was for? Yeah, he was real into it. it was oh, okay. Well, we're going to learn about him later. We sure are. Uh, you're going to feel so much relief. Oh. As repetitively bang. No. Bang. Mary. Bang away at that puck oh. as it slips and slides back and forth across that smooth slick surface. Why, you might get so excited that you need to go outside some for, for some fresh air. Maybe yeah. with your partner. Maybe one thing will lead to another. You'll move a little closer and a little closer and your faces will almost touch and you know your fingers might brush against each other's cheeks, facial or butt, take your pick. Until at last, you're gonna say, ready to play some more? That's right. You still have a lot more tension to burn off. And the only thing that's going to fix it is more erotic air hockey. Back you'll go into the erotic air hockey parlor for more banging. Visit brookseroticairhockey.hockey today to book your table in advance because it gets busy. Let me tell you what. Or you can find out how you can plan your next party there. Like imagine the possibilities, birthdays, retirement parties, bachelor or bachelorette parties, a corporate team building retreat, perhaps if you work at D&D, bar mitzvahs. Hell, why not have a wedding at the Erotic Air Hockey Parlor? Enter- I can tell you why not, but carry on. You're going to want to enter promo code PUCKU for 6% off one order of jalapeno poppers. <laughs> no, you're going to like that. How, how, many, how many poppers come in one order? Um, it varies. It's sold by weight, not volume. What? That is I, I've only I've only seen poppers uh, sold by the ounce. I'm sure you have. That's Brooks Erotic Air Hockey. You'll have a better time in one night there than all year with Allison. Okay, okay, you're you're not going to believe this, Mary. I have some questions about Brooks also, Erotic Air Hockey. I will do my best to answer them because I am not an expert in erotic air hockey, but I feel like I'm becoming foremost in the field since I just made it up. <laughs> Listen, I think. Is Brooke at all worried about competition specifically? We've got Sydney Andrews with a fresh $100,000 in her bank account, which somehow 
did not trigger any IRS notifications because any deposit over $10,000, there's a form that goes to the feds. Yeah, you'd think your probation officer might have got wind of something. Yeah, but are we worried, you know, with Sydney's, we'll call it, we'll say entrepreneurial spirit, her erotic history, that she might kind of move in on this territory? That's a really great question. I think, I don't know that Sydney has the wherewithal to handle it like a brick and mortar business. Oh, good point. You know, good point. Sydney's yeah. More of a, she That's, goes from place to place in her yeah. age. It's like, too hard. Brick and mortar is too hard. Then, yeah, you got a lot of work when you're maintaining an erotic air hockey parlor. Okay. A lot of cleaning. So another question. Uh, can I can I enhance the experience at the artistic air or the erotic air hockey table, Brooks Erotic Air Hockey, by imagining the face of someone on the puck as I'm slipping and sliding it all over? Yes, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, if you're planning a party, as we talk, as we spoke about, you can order some special magnetized faces. You can stick to those pucks so you don't have to imagine it. You could put the face of the birthday boy on there. You Ooh. The face of, you know, the bride and the groom if you're having a wedding reception at the parlor. If it's some lucky little boy or girl's bar or bat mitzvah, you can put their face on the pucks. You can slam them back and forth across the table. Okay. The tension is just being released. All right. One last thing. Um, I'm sure, you know, in 2022, there were um, some new words that were created. Okay. Uh, one, just to give you a sense of what 2022 was like, is the word permacrisis for a constant state of crisis. That seems fair. But another one, and I think this might, you know, Brooks Erotic Air Hockey may be the perfect place for some good splooting. Tell me more. Splooting is one of the, the top 10 words, new words of 2022. And it's specifically, uh, it's when a dog or a cat, Mary, I've actually, I'm sure you've seen some splooting recently. When a dog or a cat lies flat on its stomach with its hind legs stretched out behind it, face down on a cold ground to cool off. And I just think if I go to an erotic air hockey arena. Parlor. My parlor. Might I or someone else like, use the air hockey table for our own splooting where we lay face down lay hind legs out as the fan of the air hockey table it's doing what it does wherever it does it it's working its magic you know you'd want to you're going to want to talk to brooke or whoever the attendant on duty is just to Mm. make sure um, that the table is clean and in a state that can withstand such excitement Okay, but there's no rules against splooting. There's no sign that says no shoes, no shirt, no sploot. No, I don't think they've gotten that far yet. I don't think enough people know about splooting. Um, yeah, I, I think it's worth, you know what? Brooke has a has an attitude of it's worth a try. So go for it. She just wants everyone to have a better time than they would with Allison, which shouldn't be hard. Not with Allison. Hello. So wait, seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God, how long? Yeah, and and. Uh, Models Inc. has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc.? It, it's a two-season spinoff. Of what? What do they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. 
lady from Dynasty. My God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think 90210 to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring. I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how, do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it. Oh, God. 